Uh, just a couple of really brief things before I get rolling. Uh, don't forget we've got baptisms on Easter Sunday as well. And uh, next Sunday, those who want to be baptised, and we're going we're to be meeting in my office just through here for a couple of minutes. Is that all right? Excellent. And then just another little thing here. You know, I gave you, we're doing for Lent period, we're doing these prayer cards. The new prayer cards are out this week for this week's kind of prayer and, and, and readings, sessions and, and uh, fasting days. Um, so you can pick those up, they're just around the bar and area, those that are doing it. And I just want to say to you, for those of you that started it last week and thought, I'm not doing this, this is terrible, that's because there was a, t- a slight typo. And the very first reading of our whole church prayer and reading session for Lent, I put on the card Psalm 6, 1 to 3. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me. Lord, I'm faint. Heal me. Lord, my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Was the first reading of the new series. It should, however, have not been Psalm 6, 1 to 3, but Psalm 63, verse 1, which did read, God, <laughs> you are my God, earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you, is what it should have been. <laughs> so that's the, the power of it. So those of you that read the first reading and thought, I'm not doing this series, please try again. The new cards are out this week, um, and the new ones will be out next Sunday for the following week. Uh, you can tick on the boxes, you can join various people in prayer and fasting on those days, and we're praying into those, those issues. So last week we, was, we were praying particularly into um, our personal connection with Christ. This is our church connection with Christ. Are you all okay with that one? I haven't checked the typos, I assume they're all correct moving forward. So, are we? oh, well, we've killed it. Oh, here we go. Here we're on. We're on. Excellent. Um, so this is, the, uh, this is the next in our series, Crossing the Line, the ability to handle the challenge. Okay, we've had various abilities. And this series, we've reached number four. And uh, it, it's all the things that happen that we can deal with when we cross that line from our safe human zone, what we think is our, our world that we can manage, and we cross the line into the God zone. And that's what we're looking at today. Uh, this new one is the ability to handle the challenge of life. Um, you know, the ability to acknowledge and deal with challenge. When the Lord brings people together and so forms church, one of two things happens. We either gather problems or we're a gathering of people being transformed. Which would you rather be? A gathering of problems? Raise your hand now. A gathering of people being transformed? Raise your hand now. Confused? Raise your hand now. Life can be a challenge. And, oh, I can't remember that was, oh, oh. Ah, life can be a challenge. Most of us live life like this. I noticed on Facebook the other day, somebody said, I'm going into the woods now to scream for a while. And then all these people said, can you scream for me? Can I join you? Which wood are you going to scream in? All of these together, healthy, normal people. I'm not going to say who it was, but Tracy's gone down to kids' work today, but normally it was Tracy. And all of you, loads, like a dozen or more people all said, oh, scream a scream for me. Like, we're getting through life. Life's easy, isn't it? With that sort of slightly manic expression. Has anybody ever had that slightly manic expression? Or met anybody with that? How's life? Great. Everything's really good. Everything's really, really good. Job's good. Work's good. Life's good. Faith's good. Everything's good. Finances are good. I'm really good. 
and you know underneath it all. It's like a ticking time bomb, isn't it? And the wood is a place to go and scream. It can, life can be tiring, frustrating, disappointing, and painful. Has anybody in this room ever experienced being tired, being frustrated, disappointed, or pain? Wow, some of you didn't put your hand up. That is astonishing. You didn't put your hand up. For many of us, it's true that our first introduction into life is warm, soft, well-fed. And then the next thing, we're dragged into the world. And suddenly there's cold and there's heat and there's light. Some woman dangles you upside down and slaps you. Do they still do that? Do we just sl- dangle them by the legs like a wet fish and slap the backside? I'm sure that happened to me. I've persuaded Julie I don't like it. She's not doing it anymore. Um, but we are, we are permanently shocked. We are permanently shocked. You see, life is shocking. You've all got that expression on your face right now, so it worked. It worked. You should see my kids right now. He's not my father. As we enter this world, most of us walk around with that look on our face the whole time. And we, we do this thing, we, we, we never work out that life is messy, life is challenging, weird stuff happens, difficult things happen, hard things happen, things disappoint us. Things, and we walk around with this permanent look of slight shock on our face the whole time, from birth to death. We've got this like, really? Some people spend the whole of their lives with that kind of slapped face because life is challenging. Life has big issues in it. How many of us really did expect when we became Christians that our troubles would disappear? I'm going to become a Christian and all my troubles will disappear. Who thought that? I know I did. Oh, I've become a Christian now. My life will be all right. It will be good. I will become a Christian and God will look after me and only good things will happen from this point on. I believed that. Who else? Come on, stand with me. You believed that. Yeah, I was told it. Yeah, I was told it. And it's true except my life is good now and its eternity is secured except right now I'm in the world. I may not be of it, but I'm still in it. See, my motto when I became a Christian was, I'm a Christian now, no more challenges please. So I really thought, if my car breaks down, God will fix it. If I can't afford to pay a bill, God will fix it. If I get ill, God will fix it. If somebody doesn't like me, God will fix it. If I break my leg, God will, and God will fix everything. There are so many Christians who find that they're then disappointed. Things happen in their lives that they never chose. Things happen to people. Did you know when you become a Christian, you can still have a crisis in your relationships? Did you know when you become a Christian, you can still be sick? If you've just become a Christian quite recently, I'm sorry I'm shattering your illusion right now, but it gets better. Did you know when you're a Christian, you can still suffer bereavement? Did you know when you're a Christian you can still suffer financial difficulties, unemployment, no end of tough stuff? In fact, if it can happen to human beings on this planet, as a Christian, it can happen to you. 
You are not exempt. We are not lifted out of the world. We're not suddenly put into some hermetically sealed oxygen bubble of safety. If it can happen in our world, it can happen to us as Christians. Now, none of them, none of us as Christians want any of that stuff to happen to ourselves or others. But the reality is that is the world we live in. And one day, one day, everything will work. One day, Christ will step in and return and the chaos will end. But right now, we live in a chaos world. So how can this be? Because I know when I became a Christian, I was going to be happy forever. I knew everything was going to work. I knew I would dance all the time. I knew it was there. See, I've just seen your face light up. You're signing up, aren't you, for the new church dance troupe. Sarah is going to be inspired to start the new Hope House Church dance troupe. She'll be the third one in wearing the yellow, really going for it. I really believed it. I was going to be happy forever. Nothing ever was going to go wrong in my life. But you know what? Then life got in the way. And I am not happy forever. But I will be with the Lord and there will be joy forever. But right now, in this moment, I'm in this world. And so I have an assignment. I have a call. I have a purpose in this place. There is a challenge coming to us. Uh, And so uh, when someone says, this is my real pet annoyance. When someone says, Things have gone wrong for you because you're not a good Christian. <laughs> if you really want to annoy me really fast, it's when we're just, you know, somebody's facing some difficulty, some difficult challenge in their life, something's gone wrong, there's some burden, some problem, and somebody will sign low over to you and say, they've never been very faithful, though. Oh, they've never lived well. It's not a surprise, really. If you want to annoy me, I've got to tell you, the person I'm likely to punch is not the person that's having problems, but the person that's come to tell me why they're having problems. I've never punched anyone in the church. If you're a visitor, can I just rest you? I'm not that kind of pastor. I have never punched anybody. Literally, I've never punched anybody since I left school. I was a school teacher till I was 53. (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't. That's a joke. That's not true. That's two jokes that are untrue. Um, they both involve physical violence and neither of them are true. Sorry, Julie. I'm having difficulties in my marriage night now, but the Lord, <laughs> the Lord is going to take us through. And this is before I've had coffee. I do believe that the, Lord, that the Bible can help us. The Word of God can help us in the cha- challenges of life, in the stuff, the challenges, the problems, and the tough stuff that, that life brings. The Bible can help us. In fact, it can help us cut through some of the rubbish that well-meaning Christians often pray or try to do for us. It can help us break through the crisis in our lives, the pressures in our lives. You know, we're encouraged to meet together not so that we're a gathering of problems, but not so we're some kind of neurotic self-help group, but so that we can be transformed in the presence of God. And so that we can be people that enter a God zone where we encourage and see one another transform, where we build one another up. So this is the very place where all the challenges and issues and troubles gather, not so we can wallow, but so we can celebrate in all that God can do. We were singing earlier for an outpouring of His Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit becomes active in our lives, and that is a promised deposit for every Christian. 
something begins to change. Something begins to transform. Jesus was and is the most honest man who ever lived, who ever walked the earth. And his teaching given, is given to us to help us, not to hinder us. So when Jesus says there are troubles, he doesn't say that to hinder us, but to help us. He understands the human experience. He understands the messiness of living. And it says this in John chapter 16. These are the words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that in, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And that is really important to get hold of. This world has troubles. Has anybody noticed? Does anybody ever turn the news on? You avoid it. <laughs> you <don't laughs> this world has troubles. Life has troubles. But take heart. Christ has overcome the world. Christ has overcome. Christ has victory. And we get to walk in Christ's victory. We get to be victorious. And so, yes, you know, if you're... I don't know how to give an example of this. Yesterday... I went out on a training run, and sorry, I'm done about running again. I'm really sorry. My world at the moment is very small with this one. And yesterday morning, the wind blew. The wind chill was like below zero. There was rain. There was hail. It was horrendous. The wind chill factor was unbelievable. My teeth were literally hurting because they were rattling. It was awful. And I was out there running. (laughs) And all the time I'm running, I'm thinking, I hate this. Why is this happening to me? I am training to raise money for a good cause. Lord, why is the sun not shining on me when I am running for a good cause? And you know what kept me going is, I know there is central eating at home. I know there is a hot drink at home. I know there is a warm shower where I can defrost at home. I know there is a loving wife at home that won't slap me. I know there is... (laughs) That is everything I want. And that sometimes is a picture of the Christian life. Sometimes we go through a season where it rains, it hails, it snows, but it doesn't change who I am and it doesn't change my destination. So the circumstances I'm running through are horrendous, but the journey is secure and is known. And the amazing thing is, as soon as you arrive home, what happens? The flipping sun comes out outside. <laughs> And it gets warm and dries up and it's gorgeous. Now I think if I'd set off out two hours earlier, I would have had a wonderful afternoon. But instead, no, I get home hypothermic. Hypothermic? Well, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. That is a picture of the Christian life, guys. Sometimes, you know, we are in the world and it hails and it rains and it snows, but Christ has overcome the world. Take heart, your eternity is secured. I am not rain, I am not snow, I happen to be in it. I'm a son of the living God. I am not of this world. I belong to the Lord. He has overcome. So I take heart in that. Jesus never hides the truth from his followers. He's a living truth. He says he's the way, the the, the truth, the life. That's who he is. He never painted a picture of discipleship. I love this, isn't it? Who likes to be called a follower? Who likes to be called a disciple? Ask me why I don't like being called a disciple. Discipline. Discipline. Boom. Oh, that's not a fashionable word. And yet the Bible says, go into all the world and make disciples. Make disciples. That's about a life-changing, committed, 
Sometimes that is hard work, that is about learning, that is about growing, that is so much bigger than just emotions. You know, I, I read somewhere recently, I was chatting to Julie earlier, we know the Bible, we know what the Bible says, but we live life according to our emotions and not according to the Word of God. It's time we started to live our lives according to the Word and heart of God and not just our physical emotions. Because yesterday morning when I was out running, I, could, I, could, I just wanted to curl up and die. If I'd chosen to curl up and die, what a waste that would have been. It would have been a silly, silly thing to do. I've got to live in the truth of who I am. Church, we've got to live in the truth of who we are. And that doesn't mean troubles will go. It means we get to live life in the truth of who we are. We take heart. The question is, is this disciplined life of Christianity, is it worth it? Yes, it is. Because Jesus says, you will find peace in me. So the troubles may continue, but the peace of God rests in us in the face of the adversity. Jesus honestly has one aim, that in me you may have peace. So we need to cross the line from our anxiety into his peace. Doesn't mean the troubles disappear, doesn't mean life suddenly becomes perfect, but there is the supernatural experience of his peace. He tells it as it is, peace is only possible in him. If we live in meaningful and consistent relationship with God, we enter the God zone and we cross that line. And that is a special, special thing to do. And it is a choice. I've got to tell you, this is one of the strange things about the Christian life that God never imposes. I can honestly say at no point in my walk with God have I felt he's imposed upon me. But I always feel he's given me the option. I always feel I've had the option. I've had the choice to step back or to step in. To turn around or to turn to, to step in or to step away. And I think with something like this, God actually gives, and I, oh, this is dangerous ground, but I think God gives us the option to step into peace in the presence of God or to choose to dwell in anxiety. Now, I know even as I say that, the pressure of that, that is not a judgment. That is not a criticism of anybody that struggles with that because that is perhaps the hardest line to cross. I think emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, it is the hardest line to cross. But I know in Christ, as we pursue him, as we seek him, we can do it. We can make it. I know there have been times where I've stepped into that peace place where against the circumstances of life, against the circumstances of life, I've known peace. And I've also normally stepped back into anxiety. So I'm, I'm human. I'm still living in flesh and blood. So this is not a judgment. This is not a criticism. We all do it. We have those moments where we're able to step into the peace of God. And then in our frailty, we find we've stumbled back into anxiety. So I'm not here to condemn anybody this morning, but I'm here to say to us, take heart, because the line is always there for us to step into the peace of God. And in Him, in Christ, peace can be found. John chapter 6, verse 63 says this, The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. So if Jesus says, you will have trouble, but I can give you peace, he says that with purpose because he wants to give us life. They are spirit, and they are life. So don't please be cross at me for saying we need to step into peace from anxiety, um, because that's a hard thing to say. I'm, pro- I'm simply repeating the promise of Christ. This is the promise of Christ into our lives. 
and we can proclaim it over one another. We can pray over one another. We can reach out for it for one another because that is the will of God. None of us have any reason to doubt or to question the words of Jesus. What he said, he had reason to say. What he said, he had reason to say. Now, this is great, except when he he says things like, in this world you will have trouble. Who wishes Jesus hadn't said that? I do. I want Jesus to say, in this world you will have all you need. You will have all the finances you need and perfect health. You won't die. You will be whisked off to heaven on the wheels of a flaming carriage type thing, Old Testamenty style. And, and everything will be rosy in your garden, saith the Lord. Who wished Jesus had said that? And you will ride a very nice motorcycle. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> we all, <laughs> he did. That was one Jesus, one big regret. He was born before they were invented. He's so frustrated, Jesus. We all wish for a trouble-free life. Remember, no challenges, please. We're Christians is our motto. But the reality is in your life there will be troubles. That is a promise of God. He promises all of those wonderful things and he just slips in under his breath. Besides, there'll be troubles. Those well-meaning evangelists of a trouble-free gospel uh, need to remember one thing. Jesus said we would have challenges. But you know, the truth is in Scripture without taking too much time is those challenges, those troubles, God can even use them to mold us, to, to develop us, to train us, to prepare us, to strengthen us. Um, we become stronger. You, you know, here's the amazing deal. When I, oh, I'm going to do it again. I'm really sorry. Top of my head. When I'm out running and it's all achy and painy, do you know what happens when you come back all achy and painy? The muscles strengthen. The bone density increases. So the pain and the trouble of that actually increases and improves your health. And You know, church, this is true spiritually and emotionally. When we press through those anxious, difficult troubles and we break through in Christ, boy, we are different. It takes us to a whole new level. And here's the amazing thing. You break through that little set of troubles and you deal with it and you walk victoriously. What does God do? Takes you to a bigger set of troubles and challenges to overcome. And then when you've overcome those and you're victorious, what does he do? You've made it then, haven't you? No more troubles. No, it takes you to a bigger set. Because we're on a journey, we're on an adventure with God. And we get to keep winning. It's like the European Cup. You think you've got through one round and suddenly there's another round of even better teams. And you get through that one and suddenly you get through the next round of even better teams. And one day, there's a trophy waiting. There is no soft, soap, easy Christian life. There is existing away from God or there's living in a God who gives us adventure. And that's the zone I want to be in, the God adventure zone, where there is actually peace even under pressure. The word of Jesus, and not an excuse for wallowing in our troubles, but they're a reason for pressing into the journey. This is an adventure with a plan in Jesus. Salvation is not accompanied by a trouble exemption certificate. It's, salvation is not a monopoly get out of jail free card. And that's where I went wrong when I got saved. I thought that's what it was. It was a get out of hell free card. What I didn't realize is I'd just signed up for a journey, for an adventure. 
for a promised land, for, for a life lived with Christ and for Christ. I didn't get that at the outset. It's probably a good job I didn't get that. It would have overwhelmed me. But here's the deal in God. He reveals it and he takes us somewhere and he calls us something. He gives us a name. He says, you're my chosen people, my royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are called for purpose and mission. And that is you in your life and circumstance. In the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your challenges, that is what Christ sees, his own. That is an amazing thing. And in that we can find peace. Because if that's how Christ sees us, then we can know we are not abandoned. We are not left alone. We are not left to our own devices. Whatever we face, mentally or emotionally, physically, we are not abandoned by Christ. There are three kinds of trouble we experience life trouble because the world can just be hard work and stuff happens to all of us at some kind of time. There's trouble. We have life trouble. There is Christian life trouble. That's when we experience things because we love Jesus and we want to follow him and some people don't like it and they make fun of you and criticize you and undermine you. Um, and then the third type of trouble is there's a messed up Christian life trouble because we mess up and all of them can be resolved in Christ. I'm not going to differentiate. I'm not going to point at one and not the other. Hey, life is messy. People mess up. We turn around and we can be forgiven and we can start again. And sometimes stuff happens simply because we don't fit in this world. We fit in the Lord's kingdom. But it all is answered in Christ. Christian life trouble, they could be called persecution. They could be called mistakes that we make. They could be called so many things. But here's the deal. When we nail our colors to the mast for Christ... All of those things are going to come our way. All of them. But the difference is when we nail our colors to the mast and say we're for Jesus, we can enter a peace place. We can enter a place of purpose and of different living. So our church, I encourage you to cross the line. To cross the line and surrender it to him. See, there will be trouble in this life. And if I'm going to have trouble in this life anyway, I'd rather have it with Christ. I'd rather know I'm with him that I'm following his call, that he's placed his purpose, because life will have troubles. So if I'm going to have troubles, I want to be involved in the kind of troubles that are all about an eternal journey, an amazing God adventure. Not just because life's tough and then you die. I don't want that. I want uh, life's tough and then we get to live forever with Christ, King of Kings, when his kingdom is established. Because we are part of a kingdom. We're part of something bigger. And we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And every day we do that. We step further into peace and we break the anxiety. We defeat the challenges. We overcome the troubles and we become more Christ-like. And all of us are in a different place on that journey. But the beautiful thing is Christ builds his church. And he calls us together. He calls this group of people together in this room as part of that body of Christ part of that church and we're here for one reason to build one another up and to prepare one another for good works and to send us out to be disciples for Christ to be that holy people that royal priesthood and that's an amazing thing isn't it to bring glory to God and when we're brought together like this that's the place Jesus begins to be glorified so we can be sent out into our lives into our workplaces, into our streets, into our everyday lives, where that's where ministry happens. I need you to understand this. This isn't ministry. Ministry is when we're outside, when you're living your life for Christ in your circumstance, in your situation. That's where real ministry begins. That's the real deal. This is easy. 
It may be that your life at the moment feels chaotic. You may be feeling under intense pressure or feeling guilt, regret or disappointment because of the situations around you. This may not be because you're a bad Christian or have done something wrong. A great Christian doing it all right may face the same challenges. Never judge somebody's walk with God by the troubles they face. There's always a, there's always a different story going off that that person knows and the Lord knows. We're not called to judge one another. That's in the Bible, by the way. Romans 8, verse 35 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. I've got troubles, but not that one. But some people in our world do. Now in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Seems to me that nothing can separate me from that, and that is a peaceful place to dwell. Nothing can separate us. 2 Corinthians verse uh, 2 to 4 says this, I am grateful that God always makes it possible. I'm just going to let that hang. I am grateful that God always makes it possible for Christ to lead us to victory. I am grateful that God can make it possible for Christ's leaders to victory. I am grateful that God could. I am grateful that it is possible for Christ to lead us to victory. I am grateful that God may make it possible for Christ to lead us to victory. Now, can we just read the Word of God? What does it actually say? I am grateful that God always makes it possible for Christ to lead us to victory victory. God also helps us spread the knowledge about Christ everywhere. And this knowledge is like the smell of perfume. That's your life. I am grateful that God always makes it possible for Christ to lead you to victory. It's always there. That line is always there to be stepped over. It can always happen. And when we do, it is, it is just a, the scent of life for other people to carry the good news. The ability to deal with challenges to ensure that our attention is not distracted from God, whatever is happening to us, that is a very desire of the devil. If our only way through is God, then let's hold on to God. It's a God zone of transformation. So don't lose sight of him. Don't lose contact with him and don't lose faith in him. Jesus can, can bring us victory. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing and perfect will. When we step into that God zone, into that peaceful place, suddenly all fits. What is that saying? When we step into that place and our mind is renewed, we begin to understand. 
when we, when we live in the anxiety and the troubles and the challenges and they overwhelm us, we don't really see or understand what God is doing. But the minute we find the courage to be led in victory by Christ and to step into that zone, even for a moment, we begin to see. We begin to see. Our mind is transformed. And look, I know sometimes we just kind of peer in and we get a bit of a glimpse. And our entire life, our entire life is the journey over that line. It's not just like a one-off moment. Oop, in. Our, that line that you see there is effectively our life. And our entire life is, is crossing until the Lord returns or until I'm taken from this earth to him. My entire life is crossing that line and getting a glimpse of that peace and beginning to live in that peace and learning that journey. So I'm not saying it's a moment in time and it's done. It is our life journey. But it's a place of peace. Can I have the band back up, please? We get to be a community, not of problems, but of transformation. So I just want to challenge one or two people, really, in a tough way this morning. Will you stop judging yourselves? Do you know one thing that really winds me up? Well, I've said a string of things that wind me up this morning. In fairness, like nearly everything, it seems, winds me up. One thing that breaks my heart, let me put it that way. One thing that breaks my heart is when people judge themselves because they perceive themselves to be a person of problems, because they perceive themselves to be a person of weakness, they perceive themselves to be a failure, they perceive themselves to be less than other people. And here's the amazing thing. When God looks at you, he sees his child that he loves. He sees his child that is amazing. He sees a child that is placed in the body of his family called the church because he wants them to be protected and built up because they have value, because they are precious, because he died on a cross for you. He doesn't see you as a problem. He sees you on a transformation journey. And church, this morning, what I want to do is to be really brave and say to us, if you feel like your life is a problem, if you feel like your experience is a problem, if you feel like you bring weakness to this, or you're misunderstood, or you're judging yourself, or you're down on yourself, or you feel like you never can and you never will, here's the truth. In Christ, there is victory. It is always possible in Christ. You're just on a different part of the transformation journey. You're in a different place on that line. But the point is, you're here. You're seeking transformation. So don't be down on yourself. Be excited that victory is coming. It may take some people an awful lot longer to be transformed than others. But you know what? It doesn't make you a better or worse Christian. It doesn't make you more or less faithful. It means that your experience of challenges, your experience of troubles, your experience in this world, they are yours. But they're the Lord's. And he will lead you to victory. So this isn't about judging. This is about standing together. This is about knowing that we are called. Knowing that there's purpose in who we are. Knowing that God has reason for us. And that we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And that there is a place of peace. There is a place of transformation. There is a place of victory. There's a place of opportunity. There's a place that God has called us to be. To cross the line into the God zone. We're not defeated. And just one final thought. Immediately Jesus had said, in this life there will be troubles. He said, and he prayed for us. And he prayed. Now, I don't know much about God the Father, but I've got this sneaky suspicion when Jesus prays, he, he, he hears. He gets it. After Jesus said this, he looked up towards heaven and he prayed. And he went on to pray for our protection, for our joy, for our holiness.
Jesus, more than anyone else, knows the challenges and he prays into us protection, joy, holiness, peace. I've told you these things so that in, my, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the band are going to lead us. And here's what I want us to do with our heads bowed. I'm not going to ask you to come out to front. Uh, and this is not a judgment thing. I'm simply going to say, if you're in that place where you're saying, Lord, I need more transformation. I need to continue being transformed. I need continuing to be healed. I need to be, I need to be more like you. I need to find that place of peace. I'm going to ask you, is that all the heads are bowed and the band are worshipping and singing, that you would gently set, stand to your feet just where you are. And that is a massive call, isn't it? In public. But you're doing this in family, amongst people that love you. So there's nothing to be afraid of. And then because it's family, I'm going to encourage those people around just to pray for you. Perhaps to stand with you and put a hand on your shoulder. The person you've come with, the person you sat near to. If they haven't noticed you, give them a nudge. Then it's going to gently pray. God's peace, God's protection, God's joy, God's holiness, God's victory. The victory of Christ into your life. That's how we're going to end this time. I'm going to close in prayer. And we're going to acknowledge that we're living a life that is challenging but there's a line to be crossed into a God zone of transformation and of peace so Father we are just people but we are your people Lord we are just people but we are people loved by the living God and Lord your desire is that we're not lost in the world but we're transformed and stand out from it that we're in it but that we look like you that we grow more like you that our minds are transformed so that we know what your your will is for our lives. That you place peace in us and not anxiety. That you place victory in us and not defeat. That you would transform us forward and that we wouldn't melt backward. So Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us now. You would touch us. You would bring healing to people in this room. You would bring courage to people in this room. You would bring protection to people in this room. You would bring joy to people in this room. You would restore holiness and wholeness to people in this room. But Lord, you would put them in a place of peace, of transformation. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as the band worship, I'm simply going to ask you, as you're ready to stand, if you want to receive that prayer, and the people around you will pray. We'll ask God's blessing on you and his peace into your life. Then we'll close and we'll have fellowship together and encourage one another and enjoy the family that he places us in. Amen. <laughs>